Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. From the team that brought you the award-winning show Retro Replay and the Emmy-nominated comedy series Con Man comes a new idea just crazy enough to be good. Introducing Couch Soup. I know, I know, you're probably wondering, what is Couch Soup? Well, Couch Soup is content for your hungry nerd soul. Daily articles from fans, not pundits. Weekly podcasts that contain a multiverse of opinions on all things pop culture. Exclusive videos and weekly live streams where we laugh, scream, and sometimes have technical difficulties. All created by folks like you, the gamers, the film nerds, the TV bingers, comic book lovers, bookworms, and pop culture enthusiasts, all in one giant bowl of beautiful, disgusting, soupy goodness at CouchSoup.com. What's up, everyone? You're listening to The Monarch Files, your weekly breakdown of each episode of Monarch Legacy of Monsters, part of the Watching Now series on Couch Soup. Be sure to subscribe to keep up with all the monster action and like and comment with what you thought of this week's episode. On the task force this week, we have Brady. Hello. Tom. Yo. And still alive, Lily. Hello there. Hello there. And of course, you have me, your host, Dan Morris. We are here to talk about episode eight of Monarch Legacy of Monsters Birthright. So to kick us off, everyone, let's do our non-spoiler first impressions. Let's go with you, Lily, since you're coming back off of a break. Yes, it was. It wasn't a break of, of like, you know, resting. It was a break of me being sick. Basically, but you all know that because I left a Christmas message for everyone. Everybody knows. That's so nice. <laughs> Our loyal fans are well aware. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm I'm still salty. That started with that. Like you know, my boy is in the background so much that I'm like, what? what? Wyatt? Why? Why? That's Wyatt as well. Like, but Kentaro. But why is her boy? Like, yeah, Wyatt is my main boy, but like Kentaro is oh, my boy as well. I see. Okay, so, so like, Kentaro is uh, the, the, the B-side, the side, yes. bo- the side boy, boy side. Yeah, the yes, side exactly. boy. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, you know, why, why, why would you do this to my poor boy? Both of them, to be fair. Like, you know, both are just suffering in the background and then just lazy asses are just in the... Never mind. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was all right. Like you know, I'm, it's uh, meh. Uh, I didn't have much problem with it. It was like we're, we're finally moving ahead. But as I except, expected, it we're gonna leave like the main stuff for the last two episodes. Mm. I like you know, there were I'm, I can already tell that we had episodes that we didn't need. 
that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, uh, like it could have been eight episodes. Basically, yeah. Yeah, you probably could have cut like two of those more character heavy filler episodes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I, I still think like we should just leave all the romance and love Mm -hmm. triangles behind. Why do we Mm. need them? Except for the main, like, you know, Miranda and Sean and all that stuff. Because you need the human drama for the people who want human but drama. But you have enough human drama in there without that. Yeah. So it's not necessary for the plot. Like, it's it's literally just like a distraction. Mm. I would much rather have them, like, do more politics and whatnot than have this, to be fair. Because it, it feels forced. Mm. Yeah, sure. Well, so, thankfully, we didn't have that yeah, in this episode. Yeah, so. yeah exactly, exactly. Well, we, 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 yeah. uh, there was some tension. Was there some tension? Maybe. There's no big blocking this time because Lee is too nice. True. Just saying. Well, Tom, what are your first impressions? <laughs> um. Yeah, I again, it was pretty much mostly like a meh episode overall. However, there were some points where I was like, that's interesting or that's cool. Like how some characters, they did some things, keeping spoiler free, that I was like, this this is interesting. Like, I like how like this is going. It ties back to everything else. I'm like, this is nice and I like it. And But I am, again, agree with Lily that it is annoying how all the really important cool stuff is being shoved to the very end. Um, yep. And then and I have a feeling kind of how that TV like, shows work, isn't it? I know, and I hate it regardless. Or I wonder if there's going to be a movie or another oh, season. Let's we'll save those theories for, for the end. Yeah. That, that's no. not the, like, I, I hope they <laughs> don't do that. I don't, I don't want that. But I have a feeling that <laughs> it's not going to. Yeah. I, no. I have bad feelings that of how they're going to end it. But overall, it was okay. Not my favorite, but not my most, not my least favorite yeah. one. Brandy, how about you? Um, I thought it was a pretty fun episode. Like I liked the everything going to the the. Um, I'm trying not to be spoiler. Sorry. Um, between Adjectives. current and past, like I like how they tied those together. Like that was really interesting, and it felt like it moved the story along a bit. Um, I feel like we're starting to get somewhere, trying to you know understand Shaw. And his motivations, so that's kind of interesting. But I mean, it was it was. I enjoyed the episode. I want to know what's going on. Still, every episode I say that. That's just your motto now. I can't. I just keep thinking about between like all of you talking about the episodes and like your issues or your enjoying aspects. You all just keep saying like the same stuff we've been saying. Like we're episode eight. We have two left and we're still saying the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Like well I'm sorry that we're I, I am liking the the season. I am liking the mm-hmm. show. Again, I'm trying to go in with no expectations because every time I do that, I get fart boys. Well there is no expectations here. We Which just, farts? <laughs> the Which farts. <laughs> The witch fart blown up balloon boy. Anyways, this is going to get cut, so let's move on. No. <laughs> no. So, yeah, I, I, I thought this was a decent episode. I enjoyed it. It moved at a good brisk pace. Uh, there was a lot of good, like, exposition of, like, moving the plot along in a direction that I'm happy about, as well as a, not 
ignoring but not touching too hard on some of the other stuff that we haven't been caring about. But also we get some uh, new insight and information to the overarching narrative. So yeah, this was a pretty good episode. But it sounds like we're all kind of all over the place on this one. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to get into it and uh, break it down. So let's do that with our spoiler review. All right, so opening scene on this week's episode, we see Billy and Keiko as they're driving and talking about a kid. And then we see Keiko turn and she's addressing Shaw. And this looks like a shot taking place in the one of the first scenes that we saw on the show where they were on their way to that uh, the Kazakhstan location. Um, So this was actually pretty interesting because then we like obviously uh, they're they're talking about Hiroshi and Keiko does reference Hiroshi. So it's like, ah, okay. There, this is a discussion that they're having that sh- from Shaw's perspective, kind of flashing back. And then it jumps to 2015 and it seems that this is actually Shaw's like reminiscing on this memory mm-hmm. as Duval is letting him know that they're getting close and they're on their way to Kazakhstan. So it's like, aha, we're starting to get some things kind of, coming together, bringing us back around to the beginning of where everything started. And I can't help but be like, is Keiko still alive? Look, there's, there's a, I, I'm still in the camp of she dead. She got but, eaten and turned into bug But poop. then like something happened at the end. I'm like, they, there could be a possibility and I don't want to admit it because then I admit that you could be right. You can't admit that. I kind mm-hmm. of admit fault, but like, ugh, maybe. Ugh. Nah, nah. Dirty. nah. Wow. She's not alive. She's not alive. Like, you know, that, that would be the easy way out. Let's be fair. Well, um, if, if she's alive, I call bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Same. Like, it's the first time you've done it for this show. <laughs> Name three. <laughs> three. <laughs> This this would be the biggest bullshit. Let's put it that way. Like you know, it's like it's yeah. like the plot armor thing that I hate uh, in everything. Like you know, if if you decide to kill this character, don't bring bring him back or bring her back because it's like, what was the point of killing them? Like that was because yeah, if you, if they bring up if they say she's like surprised, not dead, that kind of like undermines a lot of like Shaw's yeah. character as well because like. Yeah. everything for the past like 50 years that he's been doing well shot and Randa both like all mm-hmm. their yeah. initiative everything. and drive and motivation or like, <laughs> everything they they have set up in here to like sort of build up on Randa's character and Shaw's character especially like in Conscott Island and the rest of this show it would just like completely be like oh lol yeah. JK turns out she didn't die whoopsies well yeah mm. so unless she becomes a monster that'd be cool though oh, no 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 she got that G cells It'd be funny and bad, but kind of cool. Maybe. I I, I could take that in a weird way with like just like the traditional Toho monster verse. And if they did stuff like that, I'm like, I could be down with that. It would be weird as fuck, but I'm I'm cool with it. Anyways, mm. moving us on to the show jumps back into 1955. We're at the OG trio and they're talking to Hatch about uh, Monarch's dealings. Hatch is the guy who kind of swooped in and took over for everything after... Shaw fucked everything Hatch up with his dick. Hatch is the new Tim. Screw that guy. <laughs> Just the new Tim. Tim was never bad. 
I know, but I didn't like him at first. Exactly. Anyways, hmm. so I like him now. Hatch <laughs> is uh, claiming that they've been wasting government money and that it's basically like one big scam with Monarch. And he also says something kind of insulting to Keiko about her past because she used to be a Japanese like intelligence officer. And that's where Billy jumps in and like tries to take a swing at him, but Shaw pulls him back and stops him, which is another one of those like one of the things that the I like that they're doing with this show when they're touching on some of these deeper kind of elements that have to do with like the time period in the f- framework around Keiko is not only a woman in a government role, but also, you know, a Japanese woman shortly after World War Two. So it's a it's a very deep dynamic there of uh, character interactions and struggles, racism, and racism. Yes, that's that's the, that's the word. And yeah. that's how yeah. we would need more of, like you know, because that was actually like interesting uh, to to look at, like how that's what I'm talking about. Like I wish that this whole series, because I I think it was kind of starting to go in that uh, uh, direction at the beginning, but I kind of wish that it it was more like Andor instead of what we got. Like, you know, we're we're Mm. doing this, uh, let's do love triangles and let's focus on that. You mean focus more on the political side of things? Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think like when you have a series titled Monarch, and we know what monarchy is from the previous things. I wouldn't expect this. Like, it kind of feels a bit unnecessary to to bring it in or bring it in, but just like don't be the main focus of everything. Like, you know, I I I, I was messing around with this guy, but then with this one, and and then you know my future kids are doing the same. Like they're messing around with this and that, and I'm like, what? why are we focusing on this like you know i want to know more about like chasing the um, game of thrones dragon yeah yeah <laughs> Maybe. like you know or or just like how what kind of because we we barely see any of the of the fights that they had to go through with the government and whatnot like mm. it's just mentioned and then solved off screen and we're focusing more on like romance and whatnot instead of Instead of getting into that and and talking about mm-hmm. that, well, at least yeah. it does touch on it here and there. Um, mm. a yeah, bit. but the <laughs> thing is, like, don't just touch on it yeah. because it's not I, called I, Monarch I, Love Triangle of the decade. It's called Monarch <laughs> Legacy of Monsters. Like, you know, yeah, but it's a legacy like, yeah. of the Love Triangle children. For actually, <laughs> I mean, this one is called Birthright. They do talk about that specifically, yes. Uh, that it's their I do, legacy. I I do see where these come from as well, like because I I was also interested in that sort of like after post World War Two sort of like where you said like Japanese woman in U.S. military, whatever. Um, but I have a, I have a feeling that that might have been the initial idea to have like two fully separate shows on each, but they didn't have enough, so this is like sort of like their compromise. Mm. We have to take bits away from each in order to have like his 10 episodes. We don't have the budget for anything else, maybe. Yeah. I, I also agree that like I think the political take would have been more interesting, at least for me. But I like in Tom's uh, mindset there, I wouldn't be surprised if the original scripts were more political. And then they were like, no, we got to like spice this up for mm. American audiences because they're going to want more 
doing it and stuff because <laughs> we suck like that. <laughs> suck talk about sex. <laughs> but um, moving on. In 2015, we now have Tim is bringing in the current trio into Monarch. This was the scene that I was actually waiting for when everyone was like, oh, Tim's dead. I'm like, I don't think he is because there's a shot in the in the trailers that we haven't seen yet. And that was this moment when he like says, welcome to Monarch. And he's bringing them through the like crowded little hallway full of boxes like, oh, goody, government work at its finest. Mm -hmm. uh, but this mm -hmm. is also where they yeah. talk about the Randa legacy. And they ask about like how come there's no Randas up on the wall here. And he starts explaining like, well, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit muddy with the Randas and how that all comes together. He then brings them into the big control room, which is like, that's where this control room was the whole time. And it's like this big, fancy, high tech room with all these screens and things. And then just outside that room is a bunch of dark yellow hallways that Daredevil mm -hmm. would be ashamed to fight in. So. Yeah. Although it did look like that room is like the same one they've been using since like the 50s as well. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think that's all supposed to be the same area yeah. and location. Because then we get a later scene that does that as well that I'm going to get to. Uh, before that, though, Verdugo was telling uh, the ga the gang there about uh, Shaw closing and opening. And then when they did that, the uh, gamma signals dropped off. But it caused every other opening to flare up, <laughs> which uh, I think mm. the bit with May was pretty good. She's like, that sounds good. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like that Simpsons one where it's like, you have the Froyo, woo, but it's cursed. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene has us going to Kazakhstan, uh, and that's where we see that now there's been this giant like dome-like structure built over the original site that we saw Keiko get pulled down into in the 50s. Pretty quick scene. There's not a whole lot there other than just kind of like establishing that, oh, there's this new dome here now. Then we jump back into the 1955 and that's where Randa is in the office and uh, he's like upset about the uh, hatch guy insulting Keiko and he punches the wall <laughs> and everyone's just kind of like, that was a very not Billy like action. Yeah. Which of course he's immediately like, oh, my hand. <laughs> he tried to be tough guy, but then realized he was. Weak. Yeah. Not I like how they switch between like you see Tim with the kids coming in that door, but then you also see. Like it does that when yes. they switch to 1955 or whatever, like it's the same shot. It's the same shot, yeah. but um, it's like with Billy and Shaw and Keiko. So yeah. that was kind of cool. And then it repeats that too with uh, Billy going into the office. And then when it goes back into 2015 again, it shows Billy you coming the into hole. the office <clears throat> with the kids mm -hmm. and the hole is there from when he punched mm -hmm. it. And they're like, you know, why is there a hole in your wall? And he's like, well, it's a government building. I've been requesting I inherited it. Yeah, it's like it's been there for a while. That. <laughs> they pointed out they're like there's a hole in your wall. Like yeah, a just, moment after Billy punched the hole. Yeah, someone um, with anger issues. Yes. That's what he, what yeah. he said. See, that's the problem because I don't catch these things when I start losing <clears throat> interest. So I'm like mm. you put down your phone, Lily, and pay attention. <laughs> I didn't have my phone with me, but like sometimes my brain turns off when I when I'm annoyed with something. So I'm like, you know, yes. I miss things. So um, because <laughs> this this show has so much potential that it started off like 
really great. Uh, and I feel like that we're, we're doing a downfall in it. Like, well, you're missing you know, some of the good things. Like, these are some of the better moments now happening mm-hmm. in the show. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> help it. And like, you know, they already started to go downhill. So I'm like, I can't help my stupid brain to work better. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, brain. It's, it's, Come that's on, like, brain. They do scatter. They've scattered cool little, like, either, besides from the big reveals and stuff, they scatter a few cool things. Mm-hmm. throughout where like if you notice it it's cool but if you're like Lily it, like and you're just like this is getting a bit boring because they haven't sh- shown you the coolest stuff it, you're easy to miss it which I think I agree it's like you can miss stuff because of yeah. what they're doing and but- especially if you look at last week's episode like I will touch on that real quick last week's episode had some really big reveals in it but you might have been too distracted by the love triangle garbage to think about and realize that oh crap they just showed us the origins of Apex, which is like mm-hmm. a big deal in the overarching narrative of all the movies and everything. But if you were too distracted by the bull crap <laughs> that, had, that was going on in that episode, you might have missed some of that stuff. I did forget about it the first time I watched it. Cause I, like, yeah, they showed the reveal and it was like, oh, love triangle. <laughs> and then yeah. I forgot about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, but and and the thing is that they now have so many characters, and they are not focusing on them properly. Like poor Kentaro, which is basically stood mm. in the background for the entire previous episode. And to be fair, here as well, like you know, like do as many characters as you can focus on, mm-hmm. and and don't overdo it. Like you know, they, I I feel like that at this point they just don't know where to focus. And when they are focusing on one one character, like they did in the previous episode, where it was mainly me and and Kate, uh, they just forget that oh we we have other characters here that we should be you know do something with, and don't just have them stand in the background like some glorified extras like. Uh, but I think that might tie back into like they have limited time and this is what they've chosen to focus on. Like maybe they had all the grand ideas That's in the, the beginning. Problem. like Yeah. And like they're probably like, oh, we've only got 10 episodes and they're probably not banking on having another season. Like we're just like, let's try and get the story we want out and some characters just fall by the wayside. I guess that's just like a production thing maybe. It's very possible. Still shit. Still very, very shit because I agree because Kentaro and even like Shaw feels a bit sidelined at points as well. Exactly. It's like, it's yeah. like I mean, to be fair, everyone should be getting sidelined constantly by giant monsters just destroying things. But then again, this is Monarch, not Monster Vision or Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't have a problem <laughs> with that because I think that was very clear from the beginning yeah. that it's it's more yeah. focused on like the human size of everything. Oh, That's just but me it, being a big old monster nerd. But that's fair, uh, you know. Nerd. Monster nerd. nerds. Monster nerds. <laughs> So uh, to give it, get us back there is uh, we're in 1955 still. And this is where Shaw is talking to Keiko and Randa about putting all their information together and drawing a map to give to the general to say, this is what we have because they're going to lose Monarch. Otherwise, he's basically saying you have to give them something so that we don't get, you know, turned upside down and go under which, of course, Keiko and Randa are against because they don't want to share any information at all. But it's like, you got to do something or we're going to lose everything. And then this is where we get yeah. that transition to the future where Tim is showing the office to the kids and the hole in the wall, which we've already kind of touched on all that. And then they're going over all these files and Tim is uh, says that there has to be something as everything ties together. And this is where Kate finds a report on Keiko's death and figures that 
this is where Shaw's going because, of course, <laughs> it's one of those things that just kind of, a sentimental bastard just kind of neatly works together. I mean, she makes the point about Shaw talking very adamantly about Keiko, and she's kind of like, you know, if I didn't know any better, I thought he was going to tell us that he's our grandfather, and we're like, mm-hmm. we all thought that too. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a little bit of a kind of like a nod to like they were doing that probably on purpose to strain the audience along to make you think that this whole time. So mm-hmm. Verdugo but is telling them that they're going to need this small team to go after Shaw. So obviously it's them of all people. It's going to be the kids and Tim because mm-hmm. Tim's like, I'll go. Why not? I'll it go. Make, I, I, it made sense to me because the way they explained how Kate said that Shaw was adamant that Kate and Kentaro and may go with him. Mm. Like to how they wanted. It, yeah. They wanted, well, specifically Kate Kentaro's like, I want you two because you're going to carry on the business. So I want you there. So that's, that's why that was their reason. Like, no, we have to go because he's not right. going to shoot us. Yeah. Cause he's mm-hmm. going to talk to them. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed Verdugo saying that Goonies needed a sequel. Yeah. And yeah. I did not intentionally wear this, by the way. It was uh, just there. Oh, you did. That's the second reference to Goonies that yeah, Verdugo that has made in the show. So, like, bonus <laughs> points for talking about Goonies. Yay! Goonies! Still haven't seen, Go- still haven't seen Goonies. <gasps> you need the, the get out gif. Uh, <laughs> like, immediately watch it. Immediately. Stop what you're doing. So good. Oh, I, I was going to do the, the thing when I go up and then I realized last time how I nearly fell off so yeah. probably not. There is a moment after, at this point too where they're going down the hallway and Kate and Kentaro have this like hashing it out discussion about why they're there and what they're doing and Kentaro is clearly still very at odds with how he feels about everything because of Hiroshi's actions when they saw him. This is one of the little bits of dialogue has, Kentaro has in this episode but when he does talk in this episode it does seem like he has very good points and things that he hits on because he's got some later lines too that i'll get to but like like, you know Mm -hmm. that's that's the other thing like they are inconsistent with the characters as well because just a couple episodes ago kentaro was the one who was like yeah let's go let's do this yeah they flipped yeah Yeah. and kentaro flipped yeah and i'm like what (laughs) like well they kind of acknowledge that in that conversation like mm-hmm. Kate actually yeah. says, like, you know, I was the one yeah. that was like, screw dad, you know, and now it's the other way around. Yeah. yeah and Kentaro basically says, like, monarchs are the reason that they lost their father and their grandparents. Mm. So, yeah. But yeah, it, I, I like that part that especially that conversation, because it seemed like he's now doing it for Kate, mm. like sort of deal. So I like that. But yeah, I, I think one thing with this show going back into like issues with Earl, I think once a character has their big like episode, like Kintaro had his in episode four. I think so. Yeah. Wherever it was. Sounds right. And then he just kind of, they kind of stagnate their character yeah. after that. Yeah. And yeah. So that's what I felt, like, especially with, you feel the most with Kintaro because he had his first, where he had all that development and it's like, okay, he's, he's done now. Yeah. He's just going to put him back. Yeah. yeah Cause then just... they did Kate and then they did May. Yeah, and then Kate will come back to the forefront because she's the main character, I think. Or like the one they have the most focus on. So she'll keep going. And then I think the other two will just kind of like be like here and they'll be like, we're just going to keep on going and we're not going to get much more development, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Be outside of the few moments, like the hallway conversation and Kentaro's few lines later on. 
we'll have to see what happens in the end because that's one of the things we're going to get to as far as like the ongoing theories. But getting there, we are in 1955 again. Rand is in his office, or he comes into the office, and Keiko's like setting up lights, and she starts talking about the data that he's gathered over the years and how super inconsistent it is, and it's a bunch of like random bits from people who are either blind or like blurry pictures. And she's mm-hmm. like, "This isn't going to work. We got to put together real information." Um, she also then stops to thank him for standing up for her, and that's where they start putting together some stuff about. They start building out a map with, like, the information that they do know. So then we go back to 2015, and the new trio, again, is uh, with Monarch, and they're heading to Shaw in this van setup team. And Kate says that they need to come ready to talk and not to shoot. And this is where Kentaro chimes in and says uh, that Shaw wants us there to take over the family business. So he wants to talk to them. He, he's, he was trying to get them to come originally. So that's why they need to come at it like the kids up front, not with them, like coming in with guns and things. And they make that reference to uh, Tim, like, weren't you the just the monster nerds? And like, you guys are coming out packing with like bulletproof vests and guns. Even though, funnily enough, when they get jumping ahead a bit, but like they yeah. don't go in first anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. But I, but I also want to touch on back when like uh, Keiko and Randa were like doing the map thing, sure didn't cock block. They were having a moment. They were doing it. Yeah, yeah. Bring back. But now we got to get to see him. And like, sure, just there listening. He's like, you know what? I missed my chance. Fair play. And just just dips. I'm like, I feel bad for you, but like, at least you're not an asshole like Billy was. Because he's Wyatt Russell. Okay. So he's the best. Is that (laughs) totally relevant to his character? (laughs) Yes, it is, Dad. Because because Lily loves them so much, I do. <laughs> but that's a good point. I'm glad you touched on that, Tom. Because like I I kind of like glazed over that in the scene. But you're right. He does kind of like have that moment of he's acknowledging that they're getting closer, and he just kind of like home and like walks off. Yeah, he he realizes if he were to do that, he would become in his mind he'd be the selfish one. Yeah, and or he would he just push to. them away more. Yeah, because yeah. I, I you know I, Keiko's already. PO'd with him mm-hmm. anyway because of the whole hatch thing. Yeah. Like everything being taken over. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing though, like, you know, I, yeah, I can, I think I can touch on it here uh, because there is a very obvious difference between pestly uh, and presently, uh, where Pestley is like, oh, we have to kill Godzilla and da 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 And we still haven't got to the point where he changes his mind and, and we get this Lee who's like, okay, we have to have Godzilla and, and, and mm-hmm. we have to be on his side and whatever. So, like, you know, wh- when is that change happening? When When is it going to be where, where he's... There is it has the, to happen. There is a moment in this episode mm-hmm. where Shaw says that he's been there when he refers to going into like the other realm or dimension. They don't call it Hollow Earth yet, but this is like they're they're basically it's, talking it's about Hollow Earth. Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does say, I've been there. So either they're gonna leave it to the off-camera magic, or we're going to get a scene eventually where he goes. You know, into I the hollow earth and goes through the portal. I'd bet money it's next episode. I was thinking oh, it's yeah. probably next episode. Probably to get well, that. They'll, they'll go there and then, like, sure, will be weird. He'll know because they'll have that like mirroring the back and forth. They'll show them currently, yeah. which again we're getting ahead of ourselves, and then the past 
there as well. So let's, I'll try to like skim over some of the middle stuff because it's the end of this episode that has a lot of the big, big stuff that we yeah. really want to get into. So we see the new trio getting to Kazakhstan. Um, and then when they get there, they see that there's a big hole in the wall because Shaw's team has already been there. They have it where Tim steps on the exoskeleton of one of the bugs, bugs that we saw from like the first episode what? or whichever. Baby roaches. Hmm? Um, they grew so far because of all the nutrients of eating Keiko. All the yum exactly. yums. They, they suck yum, up yum, radiation. Yum, yum. They radiation. They come to a central area with a large hole in the middle that has a portal in it, which is they're calling it a portal. The place has been rigged to blow up with a bunch of explosives and then Duval pops up with a team and starts threatening them. And that's where somehow Kate stands up and is like, nobody's shooting anyone. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, you're the boss. <laughs> sure. But she demands to see Shaw and Shaw comes out and he's like, okay, let's talk. But just you, Kate. It was the school teacher voice. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, school teacher is mean... like, nobody's doing nothing. Like, uh, You'll stay in at lunchtime. So there's this interesting moment where Shaw wants to talk to Kate specifically and Brandy and I talked about this a little bit and she's mentioned how, because he sees Keiko in Kate. So we assume that's why, but it's also, he also mentions that it's because she made eye contact with Godzilla. Right. Uh, which, I'm sorry, but that was so stupid. <laughs> I was like, Huh? Like, are, are you calling Kate in specifically because she made eye contact with Godzilla? And and I'm like, what? Like everyone was standing there. Godzilla has the eye that can be as big as like I don't know, fucking hundred people. Uh, <laughs> so he basically was looking at everyone <laughs> yeah. at that point. If we think back on it, like it just doesn't make sense. Like that's right. I'm gonna just ask for you because you saw Godzilla and you know that he's like, you know, he's he's not what he seems like. And I'm like, we 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 like we like reaching a bit far with this. My man. <laughs> I get where you're coming from, but to to play the advocate here, there is a moment in Godzilla 2014 too where the uh, What's his face has that moment where he hit, makes eye contact with yeah, Godzilla, and there's that yeah. little bit of like a oh, like I can see there's more there than just yeah, a big monster. Yeah, it's not just a big monster. Yeah, but like you know, come on, that's like basically in every monster movie where you have a good monster and a bad monster, where they like suddenly like oh, realizing that this this yeah, is but not guys. with Godzilla though, not with Godzilla. Yeah, but it's yeah, I don't well, know. I don't it just, it just feels very forced. Like it's it's not it's not the right reason. I think it works <laughs> well enough, at least in the narrative that he gets into about explaining that Godzilla isn't just a mindless monster. Regardless of the mechanic of how they get to that discussion, what matters is the actual point that he makes that yeah. Godzilla isn't just a mindless machine that's just doing whatever the hell he wants. He actually has purpose and he has you know, the ability to think and plan, which has always been kind of part of Godzilla's character. And yeah, core. he's not and, out to destroy us. Yes. And this is where he explains that he has learned through some means and like from going to Hollow Earth that Godzilla isn't, you know, just a destructive force, but he's more of a protector. And he kind of polices both sides between the top and the under of the Hollow Earth and our realm. And that's... That's the bigger point takeaway from this conversation, even though it was kind of like a silly way of getting there. But it, it was a contrived way a bit. Um, but even like Kate calls it out, just like, okay, yeah. sure. 
So I think they acknowledge that it's a reach, but I think it also kind of shows that Shaw was grasping at straws himself to try and Could be. make a connection a bit. Um, but yeah, I, again, I think it, like you said, Dan, it gets the point across, even if it is a bit contrived and it's like, it really, it gets from point A to point B to get the conversation going to lead into what they want to talk about anyway. Yeah, and it could be more that he was just saying like, you looked into his eye, not so much that Godzilla and you locked eyes together, just more the being able to look and see that there is more to him. Something more than just a mindless beast. Right. Again. Bent on killing. Silly way of getting us there, but... Yeah, I mean, Lily's it's just it's so overtaken by salt. She's yeah. just like, it, it's interesting to me when he's like, you know, he's Godzilla is keeping people out of the other world and keeping the other monsters from invading. Like he's he's there to, you know, keep the balance, I guess. Mm. He's the chosen one. He's Neo. sorry. Yeah, that's get yeah, no. That's dumb. <laughs> that's stupid. But let's be fair. We're going into that direction, like you know. Oh god, I, I I don't want it to. It's stupid. And then if that happens, I'm joining Lily on the salt train because that's fucking stupid. Well, I don't think that's the case. But if you're taking it to an extreme, like I look at it from the the what I actually hope to come from this show, as well as the greater monster verse with like the upcoming movie, Godzilla versus Kong. I want there to be a series of Godzilla versus movies. I want that to be after Godzilla versus Kong. Essentially, there's a bunch of bad monsters that live in the hollow earth and they all start trying to pop out and attack and Godzilla has to stop them. Much like the old Toho movies, it was always Godzilla versus fill in the blank mm-hmm. monster and his whole job was to stop that monster from being bad. They can lean into that and make it where Godzilla has to stop some big bad with each movie and send them back pack into hollow earth or just destroy them outright like he did with the Mutos or Ghidra. So as a Godzilla fan, there's I think there's potential that I hope they go with a series. Hopefully, you know, we'll see. Or it goes just con- constant contrived bullshit and then I'm going to get really irritated and salty too. So I have... I have space on the soul train, so you know you are welcome to join. All aboard! <laughs> All aboard so, the soul train. Like I'm still enjoying it. I'm still interested in what's happening. So, like, I'll reserve my salt, like, please, for the end. Please. Fine, you can go on the pepper train. Yeah, <laughs> the pepper train. So bringing us back around, back in the yeah, 1955, we had Billy looking at the map. He's trying to figure out what he's missing, and he sees an ant going a hole in the map. And that's where he kind of like apparently births the idea of the hollow Birth. earth, where it's like, did Billy come up with that? I thought it was the other guy in Godzilla versus Kong, but okay, we're, we'll say it's Billy that came up with this idea. He didn't call it hollow earth back then. But anyways, we also have him going to tell Keiko about this, and we meet young Hiroshi and this is where we learn that Hiroshi's kind of been there all along and neither Shaw or Randa are the baby daddy so you guys are not the father not the father didn't do that I mean that's yeah. not to say that she didn't blink them but she already had Hiroshi yeah, yeah. that's that's what I which, mean yeah. which but then again that does mean he's over 60 years old and running around chasing monsters in 2015 yeah everyone again, is oddly old oddly old but then also weirdly fit yeah for their age 
very spry. <laughs> that's been my, my word of choice of this is that they're very spry. So yeah, that's where we get some of this uh, narrative behind everything that Keiko has been trying to get Hiroshi out of Japan and with her in the States. And that's been a big part of her, you know, ambition with Monarch and doing everything that she's doing. Plus, it also puts us to bed with all of our wonderful theories of <laughs> who the hell Hiroshi is and who the hell they actually are. So we've learned that Randa is more of a... I'm assuming uh, Billy adopted. adopted. Yeah. yeah. Like they, they wed or adopted just to help legitimize Keiko in the world of a Japanese woman in the 50s. So, mm-hmm. so wait, could it be more than they only married out of convenience and then it kind of just like evolved into that? And that's why he apologizes to Shaw at the start of the series because like, could you be. could have done it, but then I, I I got there first or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure because Billy was aware yeah. that like Keiko and Shaw had a thing. We go back to 2015. Kate's talking to Shaw. Uh, this is where Shaw actually mentions the whole thing with Godzilla looking in the Kate's eyes that he's not a destructive force. Blah, 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 blah. We've done this. He said, you know, this is where it's like, okay, Godzilla's a, like policing both sides. And then it jumps back into 1955. This is where we see young Shaw is going to see General Puckett and he's got the Monarch report. And Shaw is saying that the report that Hatch had given him had information withheld from Puckett. And he says, you know, Godzilla is still alive. And this is where Puckett's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Okay, he starts getting serious because he's basically saying up to this point that Monarch's dead until he hears that Godzilla is still alive. Which I'm assuming Shaw's doing that without the others knowing. But I've really, I liked this whole sequence. That was a good scene, yeah. Because it was, mm-hmm. I really like, because like, it's just, he, he first tried their way of just like, hey, guys, trust me. Here he is, just look at it. And then when he realized Puck was just going to be like, eh, eh. He was like, guess what? You know that big lizard? Not dead. Yeah, and immediately he's yeah. like. A lot. Yeah, everything switches. Like, oh, oh, shit. And it's yeah. like, because then Shaw has all the cards at the end of it. It's like, yeah, well, if you, you don't believe me, oopie days, you're going to fucking die. Yeah. I like how they they kind of threw Hatch under the bus because they hadn't told Hatch that they saw Well, Godzilla nobody else knew. Because, nobody knew. yeah, they were keeping mm-hmm. all of that from him. But so Shaw went straight to Puckett and said, he's not dead. Hatch failed to Which, put this in his report. He didn't fail to put it in. He, he just didn't, didn't know, know about it. <laughs> it was a big old. So I, it's like. I think, I think that's going to blow up in Shaw's face like massively. Oh, yeah. oh, probably. probably. I reckon I reckon Keiko won't know because I think soon after this is like when we link up to the timeline when she dies. But I think when Billy finds out, yeah. they're going to be like, no more. You go an mm. old person home. It's probably fair to assume he has, it's going to blow up one way or another. Well, it's probably after he goes to the hollow earth, whatever, and comes back and starts telling oh, people yeah. about all this stuff. And they're like, you're crazy. Yeah, you're nuts. So you need to go away. He also mentions that like he's very adamant to the general that a lot of this is due to uh, Dr. Mira and Randa's loyalty and dedication to like kind of like ensure their positions. It seems like he's trying to lock in that, you know, mm these people are the most important things for Monarch, which is like, he's trying to solidify their position, even if his kind of implodes. Yeah. Fix his fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I, I do like how then like pocket response is just like, 
why wouldn't they? Yeah. So it's sort of like without saying they were, he's like, I like that. That was mm. cool. Uh, and then we get to basically the final scene of the episode, which is back in the 2015 uh Tim is talking to Duvall about how everything that they've been doing could potentially destroy the world because they're seeing it as the more holes they close, the more likely the other holes are going to blow out in the planet. And that's where Duvall kind of has this like really emotional, uh, like we're trying to stop anyone else from suffering a G day or loss. And if this could potentially save the world, it's worth doing. So there's this bit of a clash between them. Uh, and then back with Shaw and Kate, uh, Shaw admits that this is to make up for losing her. He's trying to do this to kind of make up for the mistakes he's made. And he just goes ahead and arms the explosive. He's like, all right, we got to go. <laughs> and interestingly enough, at that same exact moment, everything starts shaking and rumbling and there's a loud screech from somewhere. So assuming the triggering of the explosives also woke up some beastie nasties that were hiding out down there the big bug yeah uh, and as everything starts shaking and getting all crazy may takes a little bit of a stumble and starts sliding down towards the hole kate comes running out and tries to grab her and save her and fails and mate goes bye bye, bye. mate goes Woo. and then immediately the big bug comes up after her so it's like may went down bug comes up may is in the domain maybe they just high five no, 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 no. As they were passing, and like <laughs> God, that bug cut the entire hole. That's the other thing with the whole, like, you know, we're introducing the whole earth thing, right? Where this was going in uh, um, the previous movie, they specifically needed like spaceships or ships right. to get into the hollow earth, and now we're just having people fall into it and survive. How, yeah, I was like, that. It was for so example, how the, like, maybe that's how, why they called this a Maybe portal. I was just, I was just gonna say maybe it's because it is a proper portal and not just an opening where they actually have to go through the inverse gravity. Maybe I don't know. It, they they're gonna have, to have some dumb. reason I, to I, explain how it, somebody would survive that traveling. And not just that, but how is somebody getting back? Like you know, show states that he was already in there. How the fuck did he get out without any like you know human built uh, ship or anything did he goes like did he go like hey godzilla can you can you take me out from here please oh yeah dude <laughs> I, I, so. I, that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean i think i believe the way the gravity works there is if you were to like fall through and then the, the gravity would still be inverse so you would technically be on the ceiling and then you could jump back up through the hole and then you would come back out the way you came in at that's least that's dumb. what it looks like in that, Kong versus that, Godzilla. That would, that, that would mean that he spent like, what, like a few minutes in there. And then he was like, oh shit, this there, is a bad place. He jumps right back out. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think in the next few episodes, they're probably going to try to explain it. But they're going to try. Like, when I saw it happen. Left. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Do we know any <laughs> physicists that can come on the show? Physicists. <laughs> <laughs> explain this bullshit. Explain this shit like, to you, me. Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, but it, 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 it's like opening a plot hole in the whole thing when you have something established that you can only go into the hollow earth with these specific things and now we just have people just fucking falling into it and, and surviving and coming out of it and I'm like what where did the logic go like you know if 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 it would be the other way around we did have the, the 
bit in the beginning, right when Billy talked about teleportation. Early no, he's on, he's being tinfoil hat crazy. Was he? I don't remember. Uh, Anyways, I know we might be like, I get where you're coming from, <laughs> Billy. Like, yeah, they, I don't know how they're going to explain this. It's going to be a plot hole. I'm, I'm just telling you already. Like, it's going to be a plot hole in everybody. Bring your tinfoil hats <laughs> next time. Yes. I mean, Kentaro was saying, like, we're here to get fitted yeah. for our tinfoil hats, so. But to close Bunch it out on this one, flag fly. there's the giant bug comes out. It looks like it's about to get a hold of Kate, and thankfully some rocks fall on it and kind of smash it back down into the hole. Shaw comes running out and tries to grab onto Kate and keep her from falling in. They both slip and fall into the hole. The explosives are about to go off. Kentaro books it, and then boom. And that's the end of the episode. So all this does is make me feel bad for Kentaro. Yeah, but is because he, is the he? people important to him went in the hole. Everyone we went down the hole. In the hole. Went down the hole. But like, I don't. Is Kentaro dead though? Yeah, I don't know uh, how. There was like three dead. seconds left on the timer. Three seconds left, and it, like it was his face cut to three seconds explosion. Yeah, like, yeah. So it's I don't the, know. The portal pushed him. Uh, that's well we know he's not dead because of the preview <laughs> from next week's episode he somehow yeah. survived but somehow he may somehow not have legs but whatever he survived you know Kentaro somehow survived he's of just course. a stump but somehow somehow kind of returned yeah. yes yep that whole place uh, went boom but everybody managed to run out of there quickly enough somehow miraculously but so anyways the preview for next episode which is called access at monday uh the description on apple says shaw and may search for kate and make a startling discovery so we know shaw may and kate are in a hole assumingly the hollow earth the startling discovery i wonder if it's keiko which is that's not ah. that's what that's where <laughs> that's where it came from as well my feet like no like that's where i when I read that description, I was like, oh, fuck, she's not dead. She's is she? the leader of the underground people that are in Godzilla X Kong or Kong whatever. Could be. Yeah. Oh, like the, the, that the group, monkey cult. The group. Mm, of the the people. monkey group. And she's yeah. got Kong as a pet. Yeah. No, the that's monkey people. No. <laughs> no. <It's just> like, <laughs> or, or a less disturbing and annoying explanation for this is that they just learned that there is the hollow earth and it's full of kaiju and holy shit there's a bunch of kaiju down here that'd be more fun or they find they find keiko's remains if she's dead down there i think i can that be more okay with that like she's been living down there for a while and died like she she died of like the natural causes of you know hollow earth instead of you know like I still take that, but if she's like, oh no, she's alive and she has like super, like glowy blue eyes, like the whatever, but like that's dumb. I hate it. It's, it's like the people of Atlantis, <laughs> and that's dumb and stupid. But and then, I don't like it. But, no, look, if if we're going with the logic that uh, Show fell into the hole after Keiko, and that's how he got into the Hollow Earth, uh, then why the fuck did he come back without Keiko? Like you know. I mean, he didn't follow her yeah. initially, but we God. don't know that yet. We don't know. 
they have a lot of explaining to do. In two episodes that are probably both 45 minutes or less, they have yeah. to explain all this stuff, make sure there's no plot holes, and make a satisfying conclusion without having a fucking cliffhanger. Well, we already know the next episode is only 44 minutes. Yay! <laughs> and of course, part of the description also says that Kentaro struggles with his loss. So obviously he's going to be grieving like at least... Kate and May falling in the hole. Maybe Tim died. Maybe he's grieving for Tim. Tim, no, not Tim. No, I'll, I'll agree for Tim. Tim. Tim is the time lord. Yeah, he's going to be fine. Because everyone has blood armor, so like, you know. Let's go ahead and jump into our episode rating, because I I know Lily's just boiling. <laughs> yeah. Stop trying full steam ahead. Choo -choo. Let's start with Brandy. What did you think of this episode? Oh boy. Uh, so I'm going to say like a seven, and I need a physicist to explain some shit. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to say a seven because I, I, I'm confused. And now talking to you people, I'm even more confused. <laughs> more confused. You're welcome. Tom, what did you think? I'm also going to go for a seven. I was going to go six, but that interaction between Shaw and Puckett pushed up to seven. Like there was enough moments that I enjoyed, even if some stuff felt a bit contrived. But yeah, yeah, there was those cool little character moments that I wish we had got more of. But yeah, so I'd go with seven for. I'm curious for now because we gave last week's episode a seven because we were all annoyed with the, the love triangle garbage. But this episode was only a seven, too. Because I like I said I would have given it a six, but the only reason I gave it a seven is because of that one scene. Otherwise, I okay. enjoyed. I mean, I was gonna push this one a little bit further, but I'm still I'm, like shocked that you, we wouldn't have made last week's episode lower because everyone was so <laughs> blah about everything. I was tired. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> and I'm fair yeah, enough. But like again, that's my. There was enough that I enjoyed in, in last episode as well. Mm -hmm. To give the seven, even given into consideration the whole like aspects. Um, the apex thing was really cool. Like, I was cool. that was interesting, but yeah, yeah. like, I'm yeah. still enjoying the series as mm. a whole, so it's like I don't want to rate them too low because you yeah. know, but again, I'm very confused about the portal thingy falling and not getting it's very scientific. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Lily. Six. At best. <laughs> like at my yeah. previous rating would be a four. <laughs> Just so you know. Like I wouldn't even give that a seven. Like I don't know what you guys were smoking to Again. give it a seven. <laughs> well, the myth is good here in Australia. Yeah, okay, good. 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 <laughs> but really. no, no, no. This is this is a six. This is a six at best. Like, you know, there were some interesting things in there, but like mostly I am like, you know, my predictions are coming true that we are leaving everything to the last two episodes. And I am not even convinced that the next episode will solve anything that was set up. Like the fact that we started off with these two uh, half siblings searching for their fathers 
at this point, we kind of let go of the father because, like, you know, we, we are after show currently and not after Hiroshi really? and following Hiroshi's uh, route and trying to find him. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, they, I, I, I think they are keep losing focus. I think the love triangles are just not necessarily at all. And and I, I feel like that there was good writing here, especially at the beginning. But it's it's slowly like going downhill. And I don't know how they can pull it back up in with two episodes left. So, yeah, I guess like my lack of salt makes my opinion on this episode a lot higher because I'm more towards like an eight on this one because I thought it was a fun episode. Had a nice brisk pace. I like the jumping back and forth and matching the shots between the timelines in the same setting, seeing different characters in the same shot. I thought that was cool. I liked how they're kind of like tying everything together. I like how they're relating stuff with Godzilla. Yeah, like some of the writing is weak in some parts, but stronger in other parts. They didn't really fart around with any of the love triangle nonsense in this episode, which to me was an immediate like, I'm glad I don't have to think about that crap. We had the past love triangle that we've all been okay with up until recently, I think. And at least we have the acknowledgement of like, okay, Shaw knows he fucked up and now he's stepping back. And then Keiko and Billy are starting this thing that we don't know if it's necessarily a like romantic relationship or more just a mutual like a partnership. Right. Like a mutual scientist helping each other out kind of thing, which yeah. is, you know, like I'm a little bias in that sense because i relate to the the man stepping in and becoming like baby daddy and helping out keiko in that sense and i don't know i just i enjoyed the action i enjoyed how it played out and i like that cool now we're just gonna jump right into hollow earth damn who cares how they explain it it's gonna be stupid but again i like the stupid I'm here for the show to go bonkers and be crazy because I mean, it is monster verse. Let it so let it. They do tend to get stupid and yeah. it's kind of fun. So I don't know. I guess True. again, like I can't, I feel for you, Lily and Tom and Brandy and all your concerns. But at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, but I'm having fun, which is fair. But the thing, like I, I, it's fair, obviously, mm-hmm. but like I wouldn't have a problem with it. If it if it would be more fun, like I I wish they would like <laughs> if 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 they would decide that okay we are just gonna lean into the stupid if if that makes sense True. like you know they, they know that this is like all just you know uh, maybe go uh, all into the stupid yeah, they or lean all into, into the, the stupid science. hard in the last few episodes and where it can be like all right all yeah, right but like you know <laughs> what I mean is that don't try to be serious next to it then like. In, in a way where, where you're like, when they say that, like, you're taking yourself too seriously or, or the show is taking itself too seriously. And I, I think it's like, it's it, it, it just unable to find a balance between like, okay, we know that this is dumb and we're just going to have fun with it because it's dumb. So why the fuck not? And just being like, Oh, we're so serious. We are a political drama, and then blah, 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 blah. like you know, like, like decide, yeah, decide just, what you want to do. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. It definitely has a bit of an identity crisis for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred well, percent. Here's hoping. I mean, I'm still enjoying it. For that the, the most last part. two episodes are just gonna be fun. It, that's gonna be the yeah. make, the make or break. I think. Make yeah, or break for sure. Because it'll either flop and be dumb 
and we're all going to be like, ah, it had so much potential, or it just goes batshit, and we're going to be like, okay, it was worth it. I would much rather have them go batshit with it yeah. if, if you know, we're, we're looking at what the monster has, uh, looks like currently. Like, yeah. it, it, it would be better if they would like be like, okay, yeah. If the fact that the new Godzilla X Kong movie is on its way and is coming out just a few weeks after this show wraps is any inclination. Like we already know from the trailers of that, sh- that movie that it's going bananas with that yeah. whole <laughs> storyline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if they don't try to at least lean into that a little bit, because they could be setting this show up to feed into that movie. They could. They you know? could, yeah. So, again, it, it could be setting that up. It could be they're interweaving this whole thing that's going to be like, now go watch Godzilla X Kong and see what happens because of what happened in this show. Like, they're, they're yeah. building up to uh, that. that the, the, the fact that they wrapped Apex in there absolutely could lead to that. Yeah. Huh. So we'll see. It would still piss we'll me off, though. Yeah. yeah. I just want it to be fun. That's all I want. Especially yeah, exactly. if we're going to get more of the show. We don't know that. Like, this could be a one-off. They might try to do another season. Who knows? I, I kind of hope it's a one-off. Yeah. No, I don't want... I don't want so much. It's too overwhelming. Don't want that. Well, that's going to do it for us this week here on the Monarch Files. Be sure to join us each week at 2 p.m. at uh, PST on Tuesdays on CouchSoup YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hopefully, we have lots to look forward to in the coming weeks as we wrap up this series. But thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Brandy. Be sure to visit CouchSoup.com and feed your hungry kaiju soul. Good night, everybody. Monster Ted. Monster Turds. Monster Turds. Lily's microphone is going to be just spit bubbles. Gigantic Turds. That's. Yeah, why don't we ever see Kaiju Turds? Exactly. Where's the shit? Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts.